When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery into a Tuesday. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Bags are packed. And the question is, what will little brother Mark, uh, little in age, that's about it, <laughs> tall dude, what's he going to charge me for the, uh, the, the Schmidt Airbnb in Gretna tonight? Uh, fly out to Indy tomorrow afternoon. Elijah and Willie J are... Rocking and rolling tomorrow afternoon, and then we'll be uh, set and ready to go. Indie live coverage all day, full coverage with Hale Varsity at ESPN Lincoln uh, Thursday and Friday. Excited, and uh, day one, Nebraska steps up to the plate. Northwestern, of course, Minnesota, uh, and Michigan uh, on day one. So uh, we'll dive into you know what's uh, Nebraska's buzz level like. And uh, you always kind of re, uh, recalibrate after those college days. Man, you were uh, on level 17, and, and you thought in your own little mind, you're maybe just, oh, my buzz level's at five. Where's Nebraska at as they walk into uh, Big Ten Media Days? Numbers to get in, 800 5865. Coming up, Mitch Sherman is about uh, 20 minutes away from the athletic. Mitch, uh, get his take on Nebraska and the Big Ten media session set to happen. And uh, who are some of the favorites? Bill Conley of ESPN is out with some West thoughts. We'll get there. Commissioner Sankey has spoken when it comes to vaccinations and where the SEC needs to be. Thoughts on that? Our friend Stacy from Blur Parties is going to be throwing another rager for uh, uh, the the Garth uh, Brooks. I'm outside Garth Glissman. The Garth Brooks concert at Memorial Stadium. We'll check in with her here in 30 minutes. And uh, Gary Barnett in hour two. And then a Tuesday with Kaz. Rick Kaczynski set to join us at 525. 466-377-6800. 825-5865. You can find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, email Chris at Hale Varsity. Dot com. Elijah, what's up with you? You uh, rolling the sleeves up? What do you know today? Not too much, uh, really. Just just looking forward to Big Ten Media Days, uh, seeing who uh, you're going to be able to sit down with. Do you have like a, a list of like the top gets you want to get at Big Ten Media Days? I've asked everybody for everything. Well, as you do. <laughs> So that's why yeah. you're, you're a pro. You'll take anything you can get out no, of it. No, I, I, I want to talk to the Nebraska kids. I want to talk to Coach Frost. This is Christmas. I'm on Santa's lap. He's asking me if I want a football. Yes is the answer. <laughs> 
Uh, I want to talk to Coach Allen. Don't know if okay. he uh, is available. We will effort that. I want to talk to the Northwestern kids because mm-hmm. they've all, they're always awesome to talk to. I want to talk to the Iowa kids. I want to talk to the Wisconsin kids, and I want to sit down with the pig farmer. I want Bielema right here. That's the second time you've mentioned Bielema already this week. So he's just fun to talk to. Uh-huh. I mean, just I mean, this goes back 10, 12 years to his time at Wisconsin, and and obviously the the inaugural Big Ten media days when we were in Chicago. Nebraska had Levante David and Bo Pelady, and it was all good there. But uh, Bielema was was fun to sit down with, man. And uh, and talk some balls. So yeah, I mean, I think I think Bielema's there. I think Fitzy. I think uh, Fleck. Uh, whatever you think of Fleck, the dude's energy level's pretty good. Radio, and uh, yeah, we'll see where things shake out. Now let's get into to what Bill Conley had to say. Let's dive right into this uh, when it comes to to a West preview. And the one thing that's been <laughs> certain about the Big Ten West has been what? Well, it's been that it's been unpredictable. Now, Wisconsin and Iowa are pretty safe bets to be there in November. But two out of the last three years, you've had Northwestern win it. You had Minnesota tie for the conference title a couple of years ago with Wisconsin. And Northwestern's been a surprise. But if you ask anybody in the league, it's a reality. It's a reality that Northwestern is going to find a way. They've been good against Wisconsin. They've been stingy against Nebraska. Their one hiccup was on the road after they got patted on the back all week. Even Wisconsin's, I should say Northwestern's not immune. But they they, they misstepped at Michigan State, right? They lost 20 to 17. Other than that, they had a lot of one <laughs> one score uh, victories. And that's to their credit against Nebraska, against Iowa. They beat Wisconsin. They were really good. Uh, do you expect that again for for Northwestern? I don't know that I can see I can see them going to a bowl. I don't think they fall to three and nine bad, but I don't know that I'm drafting Northwestern. Uh, I think I think Iowa uh, with Goodson at running back. Uh, if their quarterback play does not harm them, I think Iowa could be right there. I think Wisconsin's ready for a bounce back year. Is Wisconsin going to be Wisconsin-like on the offensive line? They weren't great last year on the offensive line. They're still Wisconsin. They're still pretty decent, but they weren't your typical traditional Wisconsin. And, you know, Nebraska skipped the year with Wisconsin because they ended up coming down with COVID. So it's been a year removed. I'm okay. And um, is it Wisconsin or the field? Is it Iowa or the field? Usually it's the field. Does, does Minnesota jump up and, and do some work? Uh, they have got a returning quarterback. It seems like everybody's got a returning quarterback in the West this year, uh, except Northwestern. I think that's detrimental. You're going to play this back uh, the the eve of the Big Ten championship game, Elijah, and say, remember Schmidt said it was not going to be a year for Northwestern, and what they do? <laughs> they probably won the thing. But schedule-wise right now, look, I, I think Illinois will, will bite somebody, and I think they're laying good groundwork because I think I think Bielema is inheriting a, a good offensive line. They've got good running backs. And as long as Peters doesn't screw it up, I think I think Illinois will be pretty salty by the end of the year. Not bowl trip salty, 
but they'll be okay. Um, I don't like uh, Northwestern's schedule per se. When you look at all the toss-up games, and Bill Conley puts this in with the S&P rankings, and he kind of figures things out. They run the algorithm. They run the, uh, the, the simulations. And right now, there's, there's two games that you have Northwestern that, that they likely have wins. It's Rutgers. It's Indiana State. The toss-ups, uh, Ohio, no fearless Frankie this year. They're at Duke. They're at Illinois. They're, and then they host Michigan State. They have this as the following percentage. They have a 33% chance to beat Purdue right now. They have a 24% chance to beat Minnesota. They have a 16% chance to beat Nebraska. 15% chance to beat Iowa. 14% chance uh, to beat Michigan. And then they're at Wisconsin, 7% chance. I I think this could be a year where those one-possession games don't go Northwestern's way. And it's because of their quarterback situation and what they lost defensively. Yeah, when you look at, on paper, this Northwestern team has a chance to be really good in two years. But they're really, really, really young this year. And they, they lost that incredible linebacking core. I think Gallagher's still around, but everyone else is gone. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure half of their uh, their projected starting lineup on defense this year is either a uh, a first-year or second-year player. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, second or third or something like that. It's uh, like they're all below junior level there's sophomores and freshmen redshirt freshmen what have you they're a young team uh that they got some uh some boxes to fill i read a little interview though with uh with fitzgerald and he said like um despite our guys being young these are the most talented young guys i think i've ever had here and I, that's what you're gonna say um but I, I don't know they're one of those teams that i'm scared of just because as the year goes on i think they're gonna pick get up some momentum and they're gonna get a lot better they'll get better and nebraska gets them in october to kick off october let's talk nebraska elijah what's bill conley say about nebraska and you have Nebraska right now. They're projected as the 30th best team in college football. The average win projection right at seven. Seven and five is the Nebraska number. They give Nebraska the nod against Northwestern, against Illinois, against Purdue, against Fordham, against Buffalo. The toss-ups, and this is where you make your money in the Big Ten, is how do you do in toss-up games? Nebraska Two and four, two and six, two and six in their last eight one possession games. Michigan State toss up. Yeah, especially coming off Oklahoma. Michigan, Nebraska toss up ball game. Absolutely. It's when Nebraska needs to get in Lincoln. At Minnesota, that's a 45% chance to, to win if you're Nebraska. You can go do it. But you got to be a heck of a lot better than the last time you went to Searles land. Uh, that didn't go well. That was a, just a blowout, beatdown, embarrassing. Nebraska got mashed. And then Iowa. Iowa's a, a toss-up game, but it's not a, a 70-30 type toss-up game. 43% chance you, you can beat Iowa. Your losses right now, uh, Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State is about what I said. Oklahoma, Ohio State, and Wisconsin. Uh, you have uh, less than a uh, 31% chance to get a victory against Ohio State. That number seems high. Yeah, can, compared to Northwestern's 15% chance 20, against, like, what, Wisconsin and Iowa? That seems that seems a little high, yeah. 26% chance against Wisconsin, 17% chance against Oklahoma. Wait, so are they giving Nebraska the same chance to beat Oklahoma that Northwestern has to beat Nebraska? Is that what I, did I hear correctly? That's, that's, what, that's the way I'm reading these percentages. Huh. 
That's, that's a little interesting. You're telling me there's a chance, Lloyd. <laughs> Uh, the Huskers are projected in favorites of uh, six of their first seven games and uh, one of their last five. So, <laughs> Bill Codley's brilliant, and I mean this. He says, start quickly. Have a quick start to the season. And what we have learned about Nebraska is this. You have momentum. You have some movement defensively. Defense is, is, is getting better. Now, you know, Will Honus is not necessarily the team's best pass rusher, but that's, that's part of the, uh, the write-up we're getting. And th- there are, are, are two quick questions here. Is it ever going to click for Adrian? Is it ever going to click for Frost? And it's, it's got to click for both of them together for, for 2021 to be a season you remember because in your eyes, maybe Nebraska overachieved or in your eyes, Nebraska maybe did what they're supposed to do. And that's beat Minnesota, beat Northwestern, get a win over Iowa and play tooth and nail against Wisconsin. And maybe, maybe you have a stronger showing than the world thinks you're going to have against Oklahoma. It's, it's possible. Uh, the thing that I think you can like with Nebraska, and this will be something when we talk about media days, is Nebraska is a team of potential. And and you look at the home makeover with your wide receiver body types, that's something to be encouraged about. Your tight end game is going to be nice. Austin Allen's going to be representing part of your football team on Thursday. His numbers really had an uptick last year. You can have a really solid one-two punch up the seam or kind of in the flat with, with what you want to do at tight end with, with Vokalek and Austin Allen. What do we see from a Xavier Betts? I know we talk about Omar, and I know that Toure are, are the, the kind of the, the rock stars you're waiting to see do big things on the football field, and I totally get it. What can you get from a Betts in, in, a, in a full year of work with a guy like Lubick? Because Betts is a special athlete. And you saw that flash briefly against Penn State. And then from your running game, right, I know we haven't gotten to the meat and potatoes part of the offensive or defensive line, but if you have step and and a healthy thumper back in step, you've got Yancey, make that Yant, uh, and you have, you have Jacquez Yant. I kind of like Yancey, though. Kind of like Fancy that. Fancy Yancey. I well, kind of like that. Right? Kind of like Ziggy? Yeah. All right. We'll just call him Yancey. That works for me. All right, so Yancey. Third and goal, giving it to Yancey. I like that. Why not? Just put a Y on the end. Because you know what happens if we got third and goal on the one-yard line? I'm not going to be feeling too antsy if you give it to Yancey. Look at you and the T-shirt business already <laughs> booming in your head. You're going to be standing on the uh, the corner right by the embassy with a lot of T-shirts if you go antsy, Yancey. I don't know what you're going to charge for them, but I don't know how many you're going to sell. It's a lot different than... The T-shirt I saw as a youth that had bleep Oklahoma, and those sold like hotcakes. So yeah, the, the ones that I got uh, that sold like hotcakes when I was little were ones that said, uh, I think I can, Tuck Fexus was the one, that's what they said, <laughs> I think I can say that. Just make sure we get it right. <laughs> yeah. Make sure we get it right, Elijah. <laughs> had to think, had to make sure I had my, my, uh, my, yeah. my letters right, yeah. Right. <laughs> so stability is a topic of conversation going back to, to yesterday's Rittenberg article. 
uh, you get a 7-5 and five season or you show progress on the field, um, that will go a long ways. And, and listen, a lot of Nebraska fans, maybe some of the vocal minority, but overall the fan base is, is wanting good football, clean football, and tough football. And you'll get a chance to show what you're made of out of the gate because whatever you think of Illinois, they're going to be uh, tough and physical. That's, that's been inherited. Now, you're getting a coach who knows the league in the, in the Big Ten and Brett Bielema, and uh, it's going to be a nice test. But, you know, where do you slot Nebraska? You could slot, if, if you're really optimistic from a future standpoint, can totally slot Nebraska anywhere second to third. If you're, all right, Nebraska's middle of the pack, maybe a tied for third or fourth, or if you think, man, it just isn't going to happen this year because of the schedule, then they're fighting with Purdue and Illinois. Mitch Sherman's next. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Big day with uh, basketball media availability. That was pretty awesome. Rob Childress saying hi. Back in Lincoln. We say hi to Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Add Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, you gearing up for Indy? You packed or you waiting? I'll be at pack tonight. Uh, I got a morning flight, so I don't like to pack uh, too soon. You never know. My priorities on the trip might change. So <laughs> I get within that 12-hour window, and uh, I'll get packed up. I'll be ready. I'll be ready to go. Uh, just taking care of some last-minute stuff today, and I had to miss the uh, – the basketball and baseball availability, but I'm I'm interested to uh, to hear more about it and read more about it. No, uh, we will uh, no doubt look at it. And, and Childress uh, just excited to be back. Great addition, we we know that. And then a lot of talent, and you know, pretty humble talent. Quite honestly, at least that's the the vibe and the word for for basketball. They're anxious to to get that chemistry going and see what they can do on the floor. Football on my mind, and going to go to. Uh, your projection here, Nebraska and uh, Thursday. Let's fast forward a little bit, Mitch. What okay. what, are you, what are you expecting from from Nebraska from a reception standpoint, and either nationally uh, or just when it comes to to the radar of of other friends we have uh, around the Big Ten? You know, where's Nebraska right now from from an interest? level standpoint you have a new ad travel be there obviously and uh, it's year four for scott so uh those questions may be floating around you know what's year four going to be in uh you know what's it going to look like for nebraska and then where do they fit into this this west race here how do you think nebraska is going to be uh, sought after i guess uh l- lower than past years uh, about the same or a little bit more intrigue in 2021 well, maybe there's more intrigue, but not for the reasons that Nebraska would want. I do think there is interest, and it's not like Nebraska will go unnoticed um, on on Thursday. Um, you know, you don't have Wisconsin or Iowa or Ohio State on the podium that day. I'm going off memory on that, but I'm pretty sure you're, I'm you're right, right on that. You're yeah, right on. yeah, right. So. You know, there's time uh, for sure for for writers and broadcasters who were there to, to, to spend time and try to dig in with Scott Frost. Those first 15 minutes are really surface level, and that's in front of the whole big room. And that'll be shortly after Kevin Warren talks, so I expect that 
Warren's going to be the big headline from that those first couple hours in the morning just because he hasn't had this opportunity and there's been so much scrutiny and so much criticism and the Big Ten has been under a bright spotlight for, uh, you know, a lot of the wrong reasons, uh, you know, similar to some of the storylines at Nebraska uh, in recent months. Um, it's not been good publicity for the Big Ten since the, you know, the, the early days of the pandemic. And this is going to be Warren's time to get up there in front of everyone and answer some of those questions. You know, it's, he doesn't know what's coming. Um, you know, this is not uh, necessarily friendly fire from a hand-picked reporter. So it could be anything. And I imagine there's going to be some moments for him that are maybe more difficult than what he's faced in front of, uh, in, in, you know, when he goes on the Big Ten Network, um, for instance. So that's interesting. And you have Frost up uh, shortly after that. Um, you know, I don't know for sure um, how some of the national people who were there are going to look at um, Scott Frost and what, what might get thrown at him. But it'd be interesting to see if he gets asked again about the Oklahoma situation for March because that was such a, such a black eye in that moment for Nebraska. And he addressed it locally at the mm-hmm. start of spring. It didn't come up a lot again after that. I think people put it in the past around here, but that doesn't necessarily mean that someone from a bigger market or covers the conference uh, who, or who covers college football nationally isn't going to step back up and say, hey, you know, what happened there? Like, was that you? Why did you do that? What were you thinking? Um, and then also I think the vaccination issue is something yes. that's coming up around media days nationally. And I know people are tired of it, and people are tired of hearing about the pandemic. And, you know, honestly – um, if you're tired of hearing about it, um, or you know, the, the best way to not hear about it anymore is for all of these teams to be vaccinated, and uh, all of them are not. And uh, we'll we'll see what what Frost says when when he gets he will get asked about it when he gets asked about it on Thursday and where Nebraska's at with its percentages. Mitch, with the stories that are out there about Scott, I'm expecting him to to feel the question or two about whether or not he thinks he's on a hot seat this season. But do you think that Kevin Warren is going to go up to the the podium, you know, treating this as if he's on a hot seat? I mean, a lot of fans and the universities themselves were unhappy with how he dealt with COVID last season. Do you think that's going to carry over and and impact this this presser that he's going to open with? Um, And do you think he's going to get questions about being on the hot seat? Well, it's not a normal commissioner's press conference, that's for sure. I mean, Jim Delaney in his years would go up there feeling very comfortable. And, you know, he'd give the state of college sports or the state of the Big Ten. And you heard much the same from Greg Sankey yesterday in the SEC. Um, I know Jim Phillips and you know, the, the former Northwestern uh, AD uh, out of the Big Ten is, is doing that this week in, in Charlotte with the ACC. I do think that Warren's presser is going to have a different tone, a different vibe, absolutely, than, than his colleagues. You know, Bob Bowlesby last week with, with the Big 12, that was not the tone at all. Um, you know, the hot seat's not really something that comes up for commissioners because they answer to the university presidents. And, and while the, um, while the uh, public opinion of Kevin Warren is certainly uh, below uh, the threshold that, that he would like and that I think most commissioners enjoy, uh, even those who aren't super popular, um, he answers to the university presidents. And he was, he was essentially doing last year what they wanted him to do, what they asked him to do. So the hot seat for him would be uh, being in hot water with with those presidents, and and I don't think that's the case. Mitch, let's talk about uh, playoff expansion. And you had uh, Sankey touch on uh, a lot of different uh, major topics when it comes to to college football, obviously the vaccination side of things. But do you um, you anticipate the Rose Bowl being problematic 
or do you think it's pretty simple? Look, Rose Bowl, we love you, but if you ought to be part of the college football playoff, you may have to move the date and time you've been accustomed to for decades and decades. That's something that I'm interested in, and of course the tie-in with the Big Ten and the Rose Bowl. Yeah, um, gosh, haven't thought about it uh, down the road like that. Um, you know, I think there'll be a way to figure that out. There ought to be a way to figure it out. Maybe you move the, you know, look, it's iconic, the Rose Bowl and sunsets over the San Gabriel Mountains on New Year's, New Year's Day. It's got to be played at that time on that day. And, and, you know, but not all traditions go on forever or no traditions go on forever, very few. I do think with an expanded college football playoff, there's going to ha- there's going to have to be some give and take. There's going to have to be some compromise on the part of the Rose Bowl if it wants to remain uh, viable and 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 use the way that it has. Um, so we'll see. I, I you know I'm not I'm not spending a lot of time. Thinking. I'm not you know connected or tied. I don't I don't feel that mm-hmm. that uh, that same. Um, I don't have those same feelings about the Rose Bowl, I suppose, that a lot of people do. And I've been to a couple of them. I've covered them. It's a great event. But if they play it on January 3rd or December 28th, I, you know, I'm, I'll be okay. You know, it's, same it's still going to be, yeah, it's still going to be uh, the Rose Bowl to me. But I, I know there are others who don't believe, who, who don't feel that way. Mitch, uh, with uh, with Trev, you know, what's 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 Trev's job in Indy uh, the next? Well, at least Thursday, uh, when it comes yeah. to his new position in Lincoln. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get. I don't think he's going to be in the way. I don't think he's going to uh, use that as a, as a, a stage to make any proclamations. You know, we heard Bill. We heard Bill Moose do that in 2018, um, and and in 19. Um, you know, he kind of did, did the opposite and 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 talked. Uh, you know, about Nebraska, kind of bring some expectations back down. Um, I, I don't see that at all for Trev. I, I think, and I think, by and large, he's going to be an AD who who acts more behind the scenes than Bill. I think Trev will be accessible, and you know he'll talk when um, he's when it's requested. But I don't think he's going to be a uh, a, a walking uh, headline in much the same way that Moose was. Um, and and he could be. I mean, Trev's great with the media. He's been a part. Of, he was a part of the media for for more than a decade in some major roles. So he, you know, he's going to be very comfortable and familiar with the setting. I, he's been to these conference media days um, as a, as a, as a, on the other side of it. So, uh, but I just don't think that's, that's the way he wants to go. And I don't think he wants to be uh, in, in the spotlight too much. Uh, I'm sure he'll do a few interviews, but uh, for the most part, I think he'll be, he'll try to keep it low key. Mitch, uh, last thought here, Mitch Sherman with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Mitch with The Athletic, at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Uh, Adam Rittenberg, uh, story on Nebraska. I know you know Adam, uh, worked with him for a lot of years. And, uh, you know, Nebraska, when it comes to, to their struggle in, in the Big Ten, uh, now a decade and, and plus one here as Nebraska moves forward here. Uh, inconsistency, lack of continuity, and then just mm-hmm. jumping leagues, uh, all, all touched on. Uh, in that in that story, you know, as you look back here, and we look now to year four with Frost, but, but the bigger picture of Nebraska's time in the Big Ten, what do you chalk up Nebraska's issues in the league? Is, is it you? Do you look at it and say, all right, there's been way too much turnover administratively and coaching-wise, that's the problem, or you've not found a sweet spot recruiting-wise, that, that's been an issue? Uh, all of the above, I, you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily put it as much on recruiting. 
Um, you know, Nebraska's brought in good players, mm-hmm. and you know it's been it's been more an issue of development. Um, you know, they're not recruiting like Texas or Alabama um, or Ohio State, but um, Nebraska's recruited better, much better than what its record indicates. So, but mm-hmm. continuity for sure, uh, development. Um, you know, just the inability to have consistency from its athletic director position, from the coaching spot. Too much, too much, uh, too much turnover. Too much, too much uh, change. You know, as as it would be when you have a head coaching change at, at the assistant spots, and those are the guys who impact the players most directly. You know, in the day to day interactions mm-hmm. in the meeting room, and, and you know what the expectations are. So, um, you know, you put that mix into the into a league like the Big Ten and the Big Ten West, where the, the, the powers are Iowa and Wisconsin. Um, and, you know, even with coaching changes at Wisconsin, you know, things have stayed relatively stable. And there's been consistency from one coach to the next um, because the AD has been in place. And, and you know, they've, they've largely stayed within the family and, and making hires. So, um, yeah, that's, that's uh, all the points that Adam hit on in his story, I think, were, were, were very accurate. And, and um, he, did, he did a nice job. Of, I think put, putting an umbrella over the entire thing and how it's all gone for Nebraska and the Big Ten. And, and uh, um, you know, it's worth a read on ESPN. Um, I talked to Adam yesterday a little bit about that story. And, and, um, and uh, you know, he'll be there in Indy, too, to, uh, to see the Huskers and, and everybody else. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to, uh, to chatting with him more. Mitch, safe travels. We'll see you in Indianapolis. Thanks for giving us a few minutes today, bud. Okay. Thanks, Chris. Take care. Mitch Sherman with us from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter is where you find him. We'll post that interview, ESPN Lincoln, the on-demand section, and also on the ESPN Lincoln Twitter handle. Gary Barnett's 25 minutes away. Rick Kaczynski shortly. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. We are off to Indy. Uh, well, I am off to Indy tomorrow. Elijah and Willie are going to be handling it. We'll be live from Indianapolis, Lucas Oil Field, all day Thursday, Friday, Nebraska Day Thursday, and uh, plenty of Big Ten coverage. Uh, football season around the corner. Garth Brooks around the corner. Uh, Stacy Letters, our friends at Blur Parties, they know how to throw a party, man. I remember the the, the, the party in Boulder was incredible. It helped take that pain away after the uh, the overtime loss. And Stacy, thanks for jumping on with Hale Varsity. It's so awesome to, to talk to you again. I remember all the things Blur's done with the College World Series and, of course, Nebraska home and away events. And uh, you're gearing up for Garth. You got your boots polished up? <laughs> Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me on. You know what? I, I do have my boots polished up. I'm ready. Well, We're ready to... Uh... Have a good time. Well, tell me where we can have a good time. It sounds like uh, Blur is is back at it, and this is going to be a, an incredible tailgate for Garth uh, Garth Brooks. Yeah. Well, we will. Yeah, we'll be hosting an all day tailgate before, during, and after the concert, and we're going to be right across on the west side of the stadium, right underneath the Ninth Street Viaduct. It's mm. actually the location where we usually host uh, private football events on game day. Uh, we've got space that's about twice the size that we normally do under the bridge there. So right off of 8th and S Street, right under the bridge is where we'll be. That's awesome. And, you know, uh, what a way to, to get geared up and, and see friends and uh, enjoy and celebrate before an incredible show, right? And if mm-hmm. folks uh, want to know 
uh, more about it. And, and, and I think a lot of folks hopefully are familiar with blur parties. And if not, that, that spot you guys have had for years under the viaduct has been incredible. But if folks want to get a spot in that tailgate, the time is now. How do they go about doing that? Absolutely. They can go to our website at blurparties.com. And then we have a Garth page on there, and we just launched our ticket sales today, so they are open to the public, Um, have space for about 2,000 people, and so we'll be pre-selling those uh, from now, you know, until Garth. And on that page, too, you can find all the the fun features and the fun things we're going to have going on that day from mechanical bull rides to country line dance lessons. We'll have a great country DJ whole bunch of other fun things going on. And then we've also got some links to parking, so you can park in that same parking lot, as well as some hotel contacts. So I, I'm interested in, in the in the old bull riding. Um, <laughs> I, I Have you, uh, I'm going to ask Elijah, Elijah, have you ever partaken in any bull? What, what makes me smile about this is back in the day, Lee Corso got on a mechanical bull, this, I think, was after the Notre Dame game. It might have been after the USC game. Uh, Lee was a little too old to do it after the, the Ohio State college game day appearance in 2019. <laughs> but the bull riding, it sounds like it will be an epic experience. Are you in, Elijah? Well, probably not. Have you seen like the high school rodeo they got in town? Uh, they got like 15-year-olds riding bulls. If I was 15, I would never get close to riding a mechanical bull, let alone a real bull. Are you kidding me? Stacy, are you, uh, <laughs> are, are you going to be firing up the mechanical bull, or are you just going to be giving advice? You know what? We'll see how I feel that day. I might have to take a ride. Yep. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, blurparties.com is where you log on, can uh, can click on the uh, the tailgate tickets. And uh, it's tailgate uh, lot number seven under the I-80 9th Street Bridge. And uh, it is uh, good stuff. And, and hopefully you've partied there before football. And you can do it in front of Garth uh, Brooks. And uh, you know what, Stacy? This will be a good time. We'll... Uh, keep in touch for this and in future events with Blur. Thanks for giving us a few minutes today. Oh, definitely. I really appreciate your time. All right. Take care. Stacy with Blur Parties joining us. And tell you what, Blur's been so good to us over the years. And uh, we had uh, some just incredible times with, uh, with Blur Parties, specifically the Boulder Roadie, right? And that's always special to me because uh, Cousin Dino, bless his soul, uh, made the trip out, and uh, we got to kind of hang out and spend time. And the the cardboard cutout we used for Dino uh, was him and I, arm in arm, uh, well before overtime and what happened in overtime. But just, just because of our history with Nebraska-Colorado, uh, the Schmidt family and, and cousin Dino, and always going out to Boulder to see wins, uh, that, was, that was a special moment. So uh, always special to Dino. Now, like you, you, could you say that after you left the blur parties, the rest of that day was a blur? No, I was. I mean, you were you were managing shop back here. Me and Cranach were were well behaved for the for the pregame with Colorado, uh, and then I got back to to the setup for halftime, and it was twenty to rip or seventeen nothing at halftime. Uh, Nebraska had a response drive against Colorado, and they got down or tied. The, uh, the old swing pass to Mo mm-hmm. for 75 yards. And then it just it just didn't happen. You know how overtime went, 34-31, and there was no more Coors left at the Blur Party by Nebraska fans. You want to talk about a buzzkill? 
<laughs> Everyone's like walking around going, what the hell just happened? Rob the suit went with us. That was an awesome trip except for the game. I think there's still a picture the fourth of quarter. me somewhere on my phone like laying on the ground of my living room with my you were, you were, my you were just going surrender face. surrender cobra. Oh, it was it was bad. That was like terrible. I remember that just how bad it was. I don't remember the rest of the day, but I do remember sitting there hands over the face laying on the ground going like how did we lose that game? That should have been a 40 rip spot. But uh Mel Tucker uh, hope to have Mel Tucker locked in uh, on uh, on Friday for uh, for Michigan State's uh, part of Media Days. Of course, he's been in Colorado. Him and Frosty have some history. A couple of years uh, that didn't go well. Let's uh, check in with Rob Childress. He uh, baseball had a little bit of a media session for Coach Childress. Of course, Will Bolt still smiling about bringing Rob back to Lincoln. It's a pretty special feeling, almost surreal. I mean, Nebraska is a special place, and, you know, from border to border in the state, it's incredibly supported in every sport here on campus, and I'm just thankful to be back and be a part of it again. No, and, and he's thankful to be back. Nebraska baseball fans are thankful he's back when it comes to, to talent development. We talked to Jabba Chamberlain last week, and Jabba detailed just how Rob's able to get the best out of his guys on the hill, on the mound. And Rob's such a relentless recruiter in state. He finds kids from everywhere and anywhere in the state of Nebraska, plus his Texas ties. Uh, that is a an incredible one-two punch that's set up for for future goodness for Nebraska. On top of what they're already doing. Now, when when I look at like the two programs, I think people are most hyped for it's the Nebraska baseball team and the Nebraska basketball team. And I can't decide which one of them I'm more excited for with the the trajectory of the recruits of the Nebraska basketball program. But now you have Childers coming back to Nebraska baseball. It just seems like both of those teams are so well set up for success. We'll hear from Bryce McGowan's here before the show's done. No, if you're talking about like your level of optimism slash excitement, baseball's top in the list because they've kind of proven it right they won a big 10 championship they pushed arkansas to the edge nebraska real easily could have been a, a super regional team right they, they they just could have been basketball you are smiling about elite level talent and a roster when you look at stars and potential that i mean you've got some dudes that guys from carolina and duke and UCLA, and think of the Blue Bloods of Kentucky, college basketball Blue Bloods, have sniffed around these kids. And it's it's wow. That's impressive. Now you got to put it together on the, on the floor, but you, you're getting them here. And, and Fred will coach them up. Football, again, it's wait and see, but I think you could like what you see in 2021. We'll wind down hour one next. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Hey, big thanks to Charlie Meyer and the Salt Dogs and uh, the Lincoln A's and uh, the other two teams that played ball last night at Haymarket. We had a fun time doing uh, the show Live from Haymarket last night, Junior's team uh, tied and uh, won the 5.30 and 7.30 ball games. So a tie and then a win. And it was just an incredible experience for the kids. So I can't thank the Salt Dogs and Haymarket enough for that. And then, of course, the coaches who put it together for for Junior squad, uh, Coach Brett, Coach Tyler, 
And uh, we love him, and we know him as P. Diddy, Patrick. So that was cool, man. That was a fun show to do yesterday and a better event. And really sweet to have a great grandma out there uh, with my mom and my brother and his kids and Uncle Andy and, and uh, Aunt Sashi and Carson's uh, Papa Al. And, the, like, the whole fam Danley, man, was front and center between games getting photos and a beer and a hot dog on a Monday is never a bad thing. So I, it may have been suggested to me that I went a little far with with uh, chastising Junior on social media. So I I put up his his because he got the start in the five thirty game, and he had he he allowed five runs, four of which were earned, five hits, and. It was it was time to go to the bullpen, and then I did the the gif from Dumb and Dumber where Jim Carrey's character's dry heaving when he sees, you know, uh, Harry Bridges' character get in the, the the car with Lloyd. He's he's hiding out in the mountains and he starts dry heaving. That's that's what type of pitching performance we got from from Junior last night. So I put that out there and just keeping it real, as they say. And, and right now, if he's going to send a gif at me about hour one, he's going to do the same gif. <laughs> we shall be better in hour two. We shall be better next outing. Reminder about buckling up. Uh, 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can reduce risk of fatal injury by up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash buckling up. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Gary Barnett is coming up in, in 10 minutes. And uh, then Rick Kaczynski a Tuesday with Kaz. What do you think of Dion walking out on his press conference at Media Days? I didn't see that. Well, you have uh, Jackson State head coach Dion Sanders walked out of the SWAC Media Day after being addressed as Dion. If you call Nick Saban Nick, you'll get cussed out on the spot. So don't do that to me. And you have different uh, media members responding. Uh, Chase Goodbread is uh, with uh, the Crimson Cover TV, also NFL.com. And people call Nick, especially if you work around Alabama, you can call the head coach by his first name unless he tells you not to. If you've been there long enough and there's some rapport, you can say, hey, hey, Scott, I always kind of go, hey, coach. It's just more natural for me. Uh, but for Dion to, like, get pissy about that and then leave? I mean, I feel like it's also because there's the respect thing Nick has earned from all his wins. Like, what, what do you want? And do you want Coach Sanders, Mr. Primetime? What do you, you just, want? You just say coach. Okay. I think you just say coach. But if you call him Dion, I don't think you were trying to be disrespectful, but he took it that way. And that's what people are talking about. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it, it's Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, live from Lucas Oil. 
Thursday and Friday throughout the day. You'll hear me over on KFOR 6 to 9 in the morning. And then plenty of uh, coverage throughout on ESPN, ESPN Lincoln. We welcome in a Hall of Fame coach, Northwestern in Colorado. We say hi to Gary Barnett. Coach, how's your Tuesday? Did you hit him far and straight, or is that yet to happen? Yeah, no, we played. I, you know, I got a little Husker money today. That was pretty sweet. So, uh, no, it was a good day. A good day. So, is, let me ask you, is, is, is Husker money just spend a little bit more joyfully? Oh, well, you don't spend it. You just put it in a glass container. I, I've got all these footballs from uh, Victories. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I just put a glass container and put all that Husker money in one of those. So I look at that when I look at all the other footballs. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and by the way, yeah. Husker Bob and I were having a rib off okay. August 7th. So you better put that on your calendar. Where, where's that at? Uh, it's going to be at my house. So uh, Bob has won oh, a number of events in uh, the rib cook-off. So I've challenged him and we're going to do it. We've got some friends coming over, and we're going to have six six other judges, and uh, we'll just see how it goes. But August 7th is the big day. Is that a Saturday? That's a Saturday night. Okay. Yeah. So let me the ask results you, won't be known until later. Let me I'll ask you this. <laughs> you, won't, you won't sick a taser on me. I mean, I could show up. <laughs> uh, yeah, you could, have an, you could be the extra judge. Well, I, you know, I... You, need an, you, you really do need an, uh, an odd number of judges. You do. So Okay. Well, you know, tell me, are, are you going to be going with a more traditional rib, or do you want to wow the judges with something a little different, some like mango habanero rib or something crazy like that? What's the game plan? Uh, well, you know, I'm still thinking about that. i got to figure out whether uh, I need that to win or not. But uh, I, I think we cook them about the same, and so I may need to add something to mine. But it's taking a chance, you know. Mm. It really is. It's it's out of my. It would be a little bit out of my comfort zone to do that. But uh, I'm thinking about it, Coach. So I, I think I got the, a couple weeks. The the dry rub is kind of the way to go. I mean, I I like sauce, obviously, but I think the dry rub's kind of my favorite. I mean, that's how you I think dry how, rub might do it. You know, that's how I well, do. I got to think about that because I do like dry rubs. Mm-hmm. But my wife doesn't. She she likes them with barbecue sauce. Okay, so. well you got to make them for mama. I mean, you but do uh, so yeah, that's something to think about because you know everybody else will be used to a lot of sauce and uh, so it's, we, uh, yeah, I got to build up my strategy. Well, here. we'll uh, we'll have to, to 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 follow up here on this this rib off and figure out a way to uh, <laughs> crash the party. <laughs> that, well, we may have to you know we could broadcast from here. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. If. If, yeah, I'd, I'd, haul, I'd come out to Boulder and see you. Turn it into a yearly event. <laughs> That's right. The, the only chance I have is that of the six guests, mm-hmm. five of them went to see you. So um, they may not let Husker Bob win, but they're not going to know who it is. Whose ribs are whose? Okay, so, so it's, it's, a, it's a blind tasting. I no, like it's it. a blind taste. Absolutely. Well, I, I, I've gone to all sorts of. Uh, uh, beyond the limits to make sure it's totally going to be objective. That's pretty awesome. That's so good. Now ribs are awesome, and <laughs> you uh, you work weekly on ribs, man. That's that's uh, dedication. So I got to ask you, as a coach, did you like media days or did you tolerate media days? Uh, I was just telling Elijah, you tolerated them. That's all you did. <laughs> that's all you did. You tolerated them. So, and and what happens in the Big Ten? 
as you know, we all stand up and we would make a speech, and mm-hmm. every you know that's a huge deal. I mean, the Big Ten Media Day, and I'm, I'm assuming it's the same way. But you're all the banquet is mm-hmm. out there yeah. at the noon luncheon, and every coach stands up, and every guy wants to outdo the other guy. Mm-hmm. And I would walk away from there, and I'd say, "We're not going to win a game." Everybody's really, really good, mm-hmm. uh, and so. But you still had to try to outdo everybody else, and that that got to, it, that was a little bit funny. But uh, the media parts, where you just sit down and you're at a desk and or a table, and eight guys, eight people come over, and then they change and get another eight, and then another eight, and then another eight, and you're just answering the same questions over and over and over. <laughs> Did you uh, did you do any any sit down radio or did you just stick with? Oh the, yeah, the, did absolutely. You did sit down radio with almost everybody. Yeah, you know, especially the Oklahoma guys and the Nebraska guys. Mm-hmm. We always did Oklahoma State guys. We always did those Missouri guys. So uh, yeah, we did, we did all that stuff. Now, Coach, really fast. How much did you focus on your your style when you showed up to Big Ten meetings? I know you didn't like the question, but did you treat it like a fashion show? Like you're wearing some crazy tie, or, or did you just go pretty? pretty uh down the middle and, and wear a, a nice basic suit well you know you had to you had to stand out so <laughs> I, I wasn't real basic but uh you know you're in i was in my purple tie no mm-hmm. matter what and you know so but I, i'm sort of a you know I'm, I'm one of those guys where my clothes are just sort of they just blend in you mm-hmm. know so, uh, like, I always wear gray shorts playing golf. And then the shirt makes the short. You know, you don't need the shorts to make a statement. You need the shirt to make a statement. So you're, you're kind of non-John Daly is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm non-John Daly. Absolutely. I'm not John Daly at all. There you but go. But always fashionable, though. Gary Barnett's with us. Uh, we're talking media days. Hail Varsity Radio. We're in Indy Thursday and Friday. So did it rotate with the big – 12 i went to and i covered big 12 media days but i did more of them in college and then and then the latter part probably the mid 2000s and then it was big 10 media days so we were in chicago this is the first year it's in indy yeah and forever at least when i was down covering the big 12 we didn't we didn't go every year but it was always in kansas city and it was fun did it rotate to different areas after nebraska left you know, I'm trying to think. Because you were down there with part of the media coverage, too, weren't we you? We went to Dallas. Okay. Um, you know, I think almost every year. So it shifted. Um, I got you. Yeah, it shifted. And so, because I remember in 2001, I took uh, I took three kids with me, and we went out to the stadium mm-hmm. and walked them through. I showed them where, their, where the home uh, locker room was. And, uh, you know, I walked them out on the field because I wanted them to know what it looked like and act like they'd been there before when we went. So, but the the Big Twelve Media Days was not nearly the production that the Big Ten Media Day was. I mean, the big luncheon in in Chicago was just a huge deal, and um, you know, everybody. I mean, it was there was two thousand people there, maybe probably maybe three thousand people there. It's always and, been pretty nuts, man. Yeah, so it was a big deal, and you you I mean, you worked on your talk for that. <laughs> And it, you know, I mean, it, it it gets the adrenaline going. Well, it's it's going to be fun because you're going to have, you know, a lot of questions about Nebraska. Of course, uh, Trev Alberts, the, the new AD. What do you remember uh, about Trev, or do you know much about Trev? Uh, what's your what's your reaction to the hire? Well, 
you know, coaching at Strip for two years, mm-hmm. and so, um, you know, he was a really good player. And then I watched him on um, in, in the media for a number of years uh, that that he was involved with that. You know, he he you know if, if that's something he wants to do, that certainly seems like something he can do because he's you know he's a very talented guy and he can do about anything but uh if that's something that's really important to him and then i think he'll probably do a really good job at it and uh you know it'll be new for him Mm -hmm. and he'll have to have good assistance and good people working under him that that really is the key when you're going into something that you're not used to doing but uh he was a good player and always was an upright guy in the media as Mm -hmm. far as i was concerned Gary Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, as we look at the Big Ten West, uh, we'll have some prognostications coming out here the next few days. Uh, you know, what? what's your early feel on, on this West race? I know Northwestern's lost a lot, but you don't really ever count out fits. They they play great football, and, and I know there's some, some turnover there with Hank gone, but um, well, and that's that's going to be tough to. I mean, you'll never really place that, honestly. Honestly, but you'll try and you know kind of hit that standard. Iowa's loaded up again. If they can get quarterback play, Wisconsin, you'd think they'd be better on the O line, and and Minnesota. I mean, Fleck just finds ways, man. He's he's a good football coach. Then there's the Nebraska question, you know. Yeah. Well. You know, we play Minnesota this year here at CU, so I'm going to see them in the third game of the year. They're they're a really good football team. Mm-hmm. I think you're right about Fitz and Northwestern. They're gonna they got to put you know they're going to have to rebuild a little bit. They lost what two first round draft choices mm-hmm. and more first round draft choices than Ohio State. So um, you know they're going to lose. They've lost some good players, and like you said, they did lose uh, you know Hall of Fame kind of guy mm-hmm. at, at Mike Hankowitz, but. Um, Fitzy reloads, as you know. But I, I think Iowa is the team that you're going to have to beat, and I think Wisconsin's going to be a better team this year. But I think Iowa is a team in that division that is still probably the number one team at this point in time. Uh, and it's interesting to see how that West has, has really grown. There was a great article, I don't know if you saw it in The Athletic, about uh, just how – how tough the Nebraska deal is mm-hmm. uh, because of how good the the uh, West has become. Uh, now, it's still probably not Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State, but it's pretty doggone close to it. Well, there's just so many loaded coaches. I mean, think about it. I mean, Brahms, a good coach, really bright offensive right. mind. Bielema has won the league a lot. Now he's back in the league. Fleck uh, has recruited and developed extremely well. Wisconsin mauls you. Iowa is Iowa. Northwestern's won two of the last three divisions and really yep. given problems to Ohio State. And then there's Nebraska. I mean, Coach Frost is going to face you know this question on, on Thursday. But, you know, what do you look at for, for year four with Nebraska and and specifically here the, uh, the opportunity? I mean, because – to me, as I've kind of gotten comfortable covering the Big Ten, I know it's been ten years, but you just learn more about the league each year. You just got to win tight ball games, coach, and, and and not turn the ball over. I mean, that sounds yeah, super well, simple. That's the Big Ten, <laughs> but you know, and I think Martinez is the key to them for yeah. them because you got a fourth year quarterback that's played a lot of football, and you know he's had his ups and downs, 
but when, when when you go into your fourth year, you've learned so much, and you you know you work on your game, and you work on the turnovers, and so I think he's the absolute key, and he's probably the most prominent quarterback in the league coming back or in the division. And, you know, he's got to play that way is the way I see it. But I think that's where you hang your hat. So what do you tell a kid like that? I'm sure you've had to coach somebody. You don't tell him. You don't need to tell him. He knows. Mm-hmm. He should know. If he doesn't know by now, then you got you have to tell him something. Yeah. you got a big problem. Yeah. So I mean, he's a fourth-year guy with all these things under his belt. He's, mm-hmm. he's watched everything. You know, he's got a lot of pride. You don't have to tell him anything. Gary Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, we'll let you get out real quick. The reaction to Nick Saban talking about his quarterback, Bryce Young, as uh, Bryce Young nearing $1 million in endorsements for a name, image, and likeness. It's the Wild West. I don't know, Chris. <laughs> that's, a, um, that's a hell of a lot of money, and God, uh, God bless Bryce you. Young, but he hasn't, he's not, you know, he's not done anything like Tua or. No, or Mac, or 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 Jalen. I mean, there's... I would not. I could probably not be a coach in this world today, in the, today's world of college football. Um, I, I, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch everybody navigate these waters because it's crazy. But it is. It's going to really separate out those who want to be good. <laughs> From everybody else, and so uh, it's you know unless unless they change it, you you know right now you can only take twenty five guys a year, so mm-hmm. unless they change it, they're you know they're still getting the best kids no matter what, no matter how much money they make, they're still getting the best kids, and I don't think that's going to change. So um, I don't think all this money and all these opportunities are going to change the top top fifteen, top ten teams. Mm-hmm. What it's going to change is the next 15 to 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where I see it having the biggest impact. Well, you have Saban, according to reports, telling the Texas High School Coaches Association convention on Tuesday that young a sophomore is due to make an ungodly, ungodly number is almost seven figures. Well, that, that plants a nice seed. Not only do you want to play, play quarterback at Bama because you're going to win and get drafted, but you could already uh, – Already have a nice bankroll uh, before you even go start a game and win a game for the time. You know, there are so many unintended consequences or unknown consequences of all this stuff. So if you're a coach and your kid isn't playing very well and you bench him and his, the kid's agent calls you and says, hey, you're costing my kid 50 grand a game. You, you know, I'm going to play gonna better. Uh, I mean, what, <laughs> how do you do that? I mean, I don't know what's yeah, going to happen. It's crazy. Coach, uh, we'll uh, let you think on the rib off, whether it's going to be uh, wet or, or, or dry rub. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll reach out to you here about maybe making that live uh, rib off at, at Coach Barnett's happen. <laughs> well, I don't think I'm going to pull a John Daly type of uh, situation. So we'll see. Okay. That'll be good. <laughs> Coach, you take care. <laughs> All right. Bye, Chris. Thanks. Gary Barnett with us on Hale Varsity Radio. That would be incredible. And uh, he won Husker money today on the golf course. So he's, he's, he's in a great mood. Mm-hmm. And I bet you money, no pun intended here, that that jar of Husker money is by his memorable game balls yeah, I, in I, his I, office. Yeah, and I didn't want to give him an unfair advantage in the rib off, but I think the way to go is you go a dry rub with a nice Memphis mop sauce on top. Vinegar. Mmm. Mmm. 
I, I, you know, I always just do mine dry. And then the last second, you, you coat them and then throw them in the oven a little crispy. Coach Kaz is next. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on AMR City Radio. I got the body of a hot, preteen Swedish boy. Back into it, a tale of our city radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time for a Tuesday with Kaz, Rick Kaczynski, defensive line coach, Nebraska and Iowa with us. Kaz, I need some pointers here. Going to be in Indy for about, uh, well, we'll say 48 hours, and then I head to Des Moines for baseball. So uh, Kaz's hot spots in Indy. <laughs> Hey, Shreddy, thanks for having me on. Oh, there's plenty, plenty of, uh, plenty of hot spots. Uh, you know, I'm sure you'll be staying right down by Lucas Oil. Great thing about Indy is once you're down there, uh, absolutely no need for a car. So, um, don't have to worry about the, uh, designated driver, which I know you, you know, talking to all your buddies, you always volunteer for that role. Yeah, well, but, that's nice uh, research yeah. by you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, no, but, uh, yeah, you know, there's Indy's really, uh, really a cleaned up, uh, cleaned up town. Um, in the years they've, they've, you know, there's, there's so many spots down there. Um, you know, last time I went there, I usually just kind of hang around the, uh, the hotels, the hotel bars, but uh, plenty of spots. You'll have no problem finding, uh, finding entertainment downtown Indy. Well, uh, it's a work trip, so that's where my focus will be, Kaz. But, uh, you know, man, it's uh, it's weird in a good way where it's not Chicago. It's, it's Indy this year for Big Ten Media Days. So uh, wall-to-wall coverage here with Hale Bar City at ESPN. So excited about that. A lot to get to, Kaz. want to get your take. Uh, SEC Media Days going on. And Commissioner Sankey today pretty much said, look, uh, from a COVID standpoint, uh, you're not going to get a no contest anymore. You're going to get a forfeiture if your team doesn't have enough ballers to go and kick off on Saturday. Do you see other conferences following suit with that? I think so, and, and I think it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. I think the burden is is you know on the players, on the administration, on the coaches. Uh, that, that's part of the preparation now, mm-hmm. you know, and make sure your players are healthy. I, I know everybody feels like NC State got a raw deal in the College World Series, um, and, you know, it's all – but when, when you get to the nuts and bolts of it, when you break it down, um, hey, the rules are the rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't follow the rules – and it's a privilege. It's not. It's not a right to. It's not a right to play. It's a privilege. So, you know, part of the preparation, part of uh, being able to go out there and compete, is by following the rules. So, until the rules change, uh, you, you got to follow them. And you know, NC State had a couple guys that weren't vaccinated. Hey, that's their choice. But mm-hmm. it's also, um, you know, when you get COVID, you get sent home. That's part of the deal. So, so I think you look at teams that that managed it and handled it and I think there's tons of proof uh, out there going back hard proof uh, subjective proof uh, going back to last season on how to handle it and how the teams handle it so I think I think that's the right decision and and I hope I hope and I think you will see other conferences follow suit as uh, as uh, Sankey 
just kind of laying it out there, six of the 14 SEC teams have reached 80% of the team vaccinated. Sankey says that number needs to grow. Uh, the, the six need to become 14. Uh, he didn't say that, but that's pretty much the insinuation. You're expected to play as scheduled was Sankey's message to schools. Uh, that means your team needs to be healthy to compete, and if not, the game won't be rescheduled. Uh, thus, to dispose of the game, a forfeit word comes up at that point. So how, do you, how would you uh, approach it as an administrator, a, a head coach, a position coach, if you got a guy that just isn't down with getting the needle? Well, I, I, I don't think you look at the guy, you look at the team. You make the decision that is, is best for the team. You can't have one person ruin it for a group, mm-hmm. uh, ruin it for a, a unit, and ruin it for an entire team. So like we said earlier, this is it's a privilege to play. Mm-hmm. Somewhere along the line, we got rights and privileges mixed up, especially in college, uh, college athletics. Um, so... You know, obviously it's easy for me to, to say um, because I don't have to make that decision. But uh, I think majority rules in this case, man. And you got you got to worry about your team. You got to worry about the majority of guys. You're talking eighty percent vaccinated. Um, you know, you're going to have to make some tough decisions. But uh, but once again, it's 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 a privilege to play. You know, um, like I said, everybody has the right. Like free speech, you have the right to say anything you want, but uh, you also have consequences with that, and uh, we forget about that part of it. So, uh, um, you know, I think I think you're going to see some. I think you're going to see some coaches and administrators make some tough decisions here, um, but it's going to be the right decision because it, it, it's about the team. It's not about the. Uh, it's not about the individual. You know, I go if you if you told me, hey, listen, hey, you, you can either play. And get vaccinated, or you cannot get vaccinated, and you know go be a student and go live in the dorm, and you know go get a job. So you know, tell me where I need to go to get my shots. So uh, you know that that's uh, you don't have to do anything. It's 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 America, but uh, there are consequences to to actions, and uh, or consequences to inaction. So uh, that that's the way I'd see it, and I think you're going to see some of that coming up here. In the next month, really soon here, Schmitty. Rick Kaczynski is with us. Hail Varsity Radio Tuesdays with Kaz. Kaz, want to switch gears. Adam Rittenberg, longtime uh, college football writer for ESPN.com. We talked to Adam uh, a, a few times over the years. Good dude. And uh, the, the topic of Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska and the Big Ten, a decade of struggle for stability is the, the headline. And I want to get your take because you came from Iowa to Lincoln and you immediately had really nice defensive lines, meaning you recruited well, you had inroads, you had development, and, and the defensive lines were were something a lot of guys are playing on Sundays still or were high draft picks. So a thought to you uh, when it comes to, to recruiting and the Big Ten move, um, initially, and I know you weren't, at, at Nebraska that, that first year of the Big Ten, but you were still in the Big Ten. Did the move, uh, in, what type of effect did, did it have, in your opinion, moving from the Big 12 to the Big Ten? Uh, and, and what were some things you noticed when you came to Lincoln coming from Iowa? Well, uh, well you know, I, I think it affected Bo uh, in 2011 more than 
than than moving forward just because it happened so fast. It wasn't like, hey, they announced it five years from now and you, you had a plan or three years. This happened, you know, that timetable, that calendar happened really fast with that transition from the Big 12 to uh, to the Big 10. Uh, you, you had some talented guys, um, but, you know, you're, you're going into a smash-mouth conference to – um, from a conference that lines up in, in spread and running quarterbacks and that, so you, you had you had different bodies. But even when you go back and look at 2011, you know Nebraska Nebraska did well, in my opinion, for the first uh, for the first year in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I got there, you know, part of it, you know, kind of intertwining the stability and recruiting. No way in hell would I have left Iowa if I thought Coach Osborne wasn't going to be around. Uh, but you know, Kirk and and um, and Bo had the same agent, agent Neil Cornrich. Uh, Neil uh, represented me uh, on a few negotiations with the NFL, so knew Neil very well. And, and he had Bielema, rock solid, rock solid contract, right? So I, I can't remember how many years Bo had, but you know, I I looked at that. I made the move because of the stability. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm there. What I get there in in December. And what's that? January, February, October, January, February, March, April, May. You know, next thing you know, October, we got a new AD. Um, you know, a new guy uh, steering the ship. So that's, it, it's just never, it's just, it's not good, um, in my opinion, uh, when, when you have that instability right off the bat, especially joining a new conference. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not bad if you have somebody that's got your back and support you. And, you know, like I've talked to people about, you know, ADs, they're like long snappers. You, sure. you shouldn't know their name um, until they screw up. Uh, there's no such splash, such thing as a splash hire as ADs. You know, your job, it's like, it's like coaching a great player. Enhance them, don't screw them up. That's it. Um, the brand is already developed. The institution is developed. Uh, you are the front port. How do we? How do we? How do we enhance it? You have the foundation. That's that's all your job. Your job is not to take away. Your job is not to bottom line. Uh, your job is to help coaches what what they need. Your job is to enhance it. Um, and obviously, we didn't experience that. We it, it went the other way. Um, but uh, you know, so when you talk about that stability, it made us. In stable, unstable as a staff. I think when you look at the athletic department when you were there, anytime a new person comes in that doesn't have any ties to the institution or to the people there, uh, everybody starts worrying about their jobs. Everybody wants to, you know, you want your own guys. You know, that's that's the, the that's what coaches say as soon as an AD. They always worried about the AD getting their guy. This guy wants his guy. You know, especially when they come from a Power Five conference. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I know I'm all over the place. But, you know, when I got 2012, you know, that's part of the reason that, that Bo hired me because I was in the Big Ten. Bo played in the Big Ten. Um, you look at our staff. You had Coach Brown that had been around a long time. You had Barney, who was at Iowa State, who had played against Big Ten teams that understood, you know, what you needed to win. And when you look at where we were, we were getting there. Um, and when I got to Nebraska, yeah, I knew who I could get. I knew who I could go after, and, and, and I did use. You know, the brand did help. And same thing at Iowa. We were smart about who we got. We didn't care about winning the uh, the press conference on signing day. You know, we were more interested in two, three, four years down the line with bowl games we were winning. Uh, you're a development program. I recruited guys. 
not to play right away. I recruited guys to develop because I planned on being, and that's what Kirk's done over the years. And you know, you look at Doyle and what he did in strength and conditioning. You look at Bo, who hired a Doyle disciple, and James Dobson. Um, and you know that was the model. And you had guys on that staff, and you had a ton of experience on Bo's staff, including Bo with the league in the NFL, and understood what it took to win in a smash uh, smash mouth league. And we were getting there. There's plenty of guys in the Midwest. If you look at who we recruit, there's plenty of guys in the Midwest that we that we could have won with, and that we did win with, and that there's still that you still can win with. So you know when I when I got there. Heck, man, it was easy for me recruiting D-linemen. You just have to go after the right ones. But never did I ever recruit a guy with the exception of Randy that I that I thought, hey, we need this guy to play right away. Sure. Um, so, you know, I was fortunate when I got there. I had some talented guys. And, you know, just like an AD, you know, my job not to screw them up, just kind of kind of enhance them. And, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully I did that. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back to you, it's Hale Varsity Radio. More with Rick Kaczynski. Once we got that thing rolling a little bit, it was really easy to recruit D-linemen. You know, we had some dudes there for a while. And, you know, 2014, we had a couple other kids that were committed, that decommitted. You know, one ended up going to uh, Michigan, one ended up going to Virginia Tech. And, you know, we had some we had some guys coming. We, we really did. So, and, and that's how you build it in the Big Ten. You build it. You don't build it from the back forward. You know, you build it from the inside out. You build it from the front back and down the middle. Rick Kaczynski's with us, Hale City Radio. Kaz, do you know much about Trevor Alberts at all? Oh, of course. You know, I mean, obviously as a player, mm-hmm. you know, guy was a guy was a stud, you know, and I think one of the things that stood out, he, you know, he was a guy that was, uh, you know, that was playing college ball when, when I was in high school. When you're a high school kid and, and you know a guy from the, from the Midwest who's playing at Nebraska, uh, you know, you know his name just because of the brand of football he plays. You know, that says a lot about the guy he so, uh, you know, playing back in Erie Cathedral Prep, I definitely knew who Trev was. I was a taller, linear guy like Trev. It was kind of amazing. Trev was a little bit out of the ordinary, a little bit unorthodox, being such a tall linebacker. Um, but I think what, what stood out to me is was was his toughness. I want to say it was, what was it? Was it Florida State he played with the cast? Well, he had oh, some sort know, of giant I, I, contraption on that elbow, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, and, and played his, uh, you know, played his tail off. You know, what I know, Trev Alberts, obviously, you know, great football player, guy I remember going back to when I was, uh, you know, 16, 17 years old, you know, watching. Uh, watching on TV, he's tough blue collar. I mean, he's a guy. Um, yeah, I know he's from from Iowa, uh, but he is he is what Nebraska and, and the Midwest and Iowa what they represent: tough, hard nosed, blue collar. And um, and and what I like what I like about the hire, he's a guy that that understand. I think he, you know he he's been right down the road. Mm-hmm. He understands you know what stability means. He understands what that brings. Um, but uh, you know, so but if you if you hired a guy from the Southern Summit Conference whose name wasn't Trev Alberts, people would be up in arms. But you know, Nebraska made the right hire, um, and uh, you know, it, like I said, he, he's not. I, I doubt Trev's there to to change Nebraska. He's there to to enhance it. Um, and you know, I think Bill Moose uh, did a hell of a job giving the coaches uh, what they need to win. You know. I, you know, Schmitty, quite frankly, and I know you asked me about Trev. I'm talking about ADs now. <laughs> ADs, their job is to is resources. That's it. 
after that, just stay out of the way. Stay out of the way. Every every successful program I've been a part of, you, you know, you just didn't see the AD a whole lot other than him congratulate you, um, you know, giving you a high five. You know, it's uh, knowing that they got your back, and and that that's about it. That's all. That's all you need. That's all you need as an AD. Um, and I and I I, I can't imagine that that uh, Trev doesn't understand that, especially seeing the instability, seeing what's gone down uh, over the years, seeing where the program was at when he was here. And times change. I mean, Nebraska wasn't going to, you know, that's that's a three-year run in, in college football history. You know, nobody will ever duplicate. I mean, it was a different time. It was a different place. All right? But that doesn't mean that, Hey, you you can you got to be six and six, or you know it doesn't mean you can't win championships. Um, you just got to build it. You got to build it differently. And how, you can't build something. It's no different than building a house. You're not going to have four different construction companies come on at different times, be all screwed up. And that's what's happened with Nebraska, man. I, you know, obviously, heck, I, I loved it there. We didn't want to leave. Um, we were right on the cusp. I know we were we were close. We were close. We were close. We were getting Big Ten guys that we can go win with. Um, and, you know, we got the carpet pulled from underneath us. And then you then you bring in you bring in a guy, you bring in a staff that has absolutely no idea about the Big Ten, absolutely no idea how to recruit in this conference. And, you know, that that's what you get. You can get more instability, man. And, and you know, so if you're going to build it, you know, build it with the right guy. Build it with somebody who's going to be there. If you look at if you look at the successful programs, not just in the Big Ten, but you know, take the Big Ten West. Look how long Pat's been there. Look how long the AD was there until what just left this year. Uh, you look at Gary Barda and Kirk. You look how long Barry. You know Barry was there for building it, and he and he's still a heavy influence on that program. Um, you know, you look at the NFL. Look at the Ravens, the Steelers, the Patriots. All the all the programs um, and all the ball clubs in the NFL that are successful have had the same people there. I'm not going to include Dallas. That thing's a that's a circus down there. You got an owner that's too heavily involved. But but you know uh, if you look at on all levels, stability means something, man. You know you got to build it. You got to build it the right way. Uh, you got the right guy. Looking forward to. Uh, to watching Trev and uh, enhance the Nebraska program. Rick Kaczynski is with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Kaz, uh, as we wrap up here, uh, a thought on on Dallas and, and Randy Gregory, uh, an article out of The Athletic. I think it was last week, but but Randy's trying to, to, to walk the straight and narrow and, and uh, continue to, to contribute. When he's played, he's been pretty good. He's just trying to... To get more PT, and I know it's it's the second year with with McCarthy down there, and they they love his athleticism, but uh, it sounds like Randy's uh, trying to to continue to find some peace. Yeah, well, you know, obviously that's that's what you want for the kid. You want to see him be successful, uh, but it's up to Randy at this point. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. you know he's a he's an adult. Um, it's time to grow up, man. You know, it's uh, you're not on a college campus. You know, we did, you know, in my opinion, Bo, myself, and and uh, Nebraska. Um, you know, we went above and beyond to um, to help them get there. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, not, I'm not talking on the football field either. So, you know, uh, Kim Shell Pepper, there's so many names, so many people in in that place that tried to help him. So I want to see him succeed for those people mm-hmm. that uh, spent the early mornings, late nights, telephone calls, emails, text, all that. Um, but it's up to him. You know, like I said, it's, it's like everything else, no different than uh, – you can talk about it all you want. You got to do it. You got to walk the walk. So it's, uh, you know, it's time. You know, you, you bring kids in the world. You got to walk the walk, man. So I think he's, I think he's got a couple kids in the world mm-hmm. right now. So uh, let's start walking the walk. Um, you know, hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan. I hope he does well. And I uh, hope all the guys that I used to coach do well, not just in football, but in life. But. It's it's up to him now, man. You know, you gotta at some point you gotta make a decision and say this is this is this is the legacy I want to be. I mean, hey, I got another opportunity, I got another chance. It, it's got a, it, it could be a dang heck of a story, mm-hmm. heck of a story. But you know, he's he is one of the most talented human beings, um, in my opinion, and and that I've seen in college football and. In my day, I mean, I'm going back to a player, back to 1992, mm. all the way up until now. I mean, they just, God doesn't make many Randy Gregory's. So hopefully he um, he takes advantage of the talent and opportunities he's been given and, and uh, look forward to uh, hopefully watching him succeed. Kaz, I will give you a full report on Indy. We'll see uh, Nebraska's reception on Thursday, and I'm sure there'll be uh, some prognostications we can go over uh, uh, where the West uh, is going to be won <laughs> next week. And, brother, appreciate your time and your insight. Uh, thanks so much for giving us a few minutes today. Anytime. Appreciate you having me on. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Well, Dabo Sweeney, never bashful. He touched on getting vaccinated earlier today at Media Days. And now is... Well, shucks, I guess he's going to live with, you know, a a 12-team playoff. But he's sitting there with the the backdrop with reporters' phones and digital recorders in his face in that bright orange Clemson polo on. And he's like, yeah, I think there's 12. There aren't 12 enough good teams to be a 12-team playoff. Hinting at the participation trophy. Uh, you know what? He's not wrong. Elijah, six, maybe. Six is what I was pushing for like months ago. I think you know that. I thought that the five so, power five say. conference champions and uh, one at-large bid would have been the way to go, and then you give your, your top two seeds a buy. That's what I liked. You have four. Can you stretch it to six? You've got Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Mm-hmm. And then a second place SEC or a second place Big well, Ten. The, the thing is, is Notre Dame being an independent could have snuck in and been that that they large bit. They got to play Clemson. Well, I'm just thinking with, with the five Power Five conference champions, that gives you probably Ohio State, Clemson, Bama. Well, here's my thing: Do you, you get the Pac-12 a free pass over the second place Big Ten or SEC? 
I, th- I think you do, and then you have to go apples to apples. Do you say, is that second-place Big Ten team better than, say, Notre Dame? It's still going to lead to a tough decision. Don't get and, me wrong. And we'll get a chance to see it because Oregon's got to go to Ohio State this year. Washington has to play somebody this year. Washington's had to go to Michigan this year. Okay? So, pretty interesting. So, are we... Uh, well, are we gonna are we gonna are we gonna double down or quadruple or nothing? This, <laughs> I think it's my only hope at this I point. I mean, I, I will let you press it uh, for, the, for the Bucks and Suns. Well, let's let's look up the line here, the the live line, because last night I think it was minus five Milwaukee. That's what I saw. Let's see, is it is it moving anywhere? I just pulled up ESPN. Call your friend Danny Burke, our friend Danny Burke, about what's moved and what hasn't. So we got Bucks by five. That's that's steep. If it was Bucks by four, here's I would my go with thing. the Bucks. But here's my here's my thing. Honestly, Phoenix, does Phoenix like pull out of this tailspin? I don't think so. I think they're done. Yeah, and I I also look at Scott Foster being the head ref tonight, and that makes me think that that's going to be Aaron towards uh towards Milwaukee a little bit. So I will take Phoenix, but I need more than five. I won't do that. <laughs> I won't do that at all. Wait, Fine, why, why, why are you picking? If I pick, you know I'm going to be wrong. Well, you pick then. Or you just want to walk away and owe me four steaks and four, four beers. So we're going to quadruple down to owe you 16 if I lose here? Well, we can just, <laughs> we can just get the old 96er sometime. Just and buy call you a half good. a cow. We'll just um, get the old 96er sometime and call it good. Uh, you'll go Phoenix if it's more than five, five and a half? I need about nine. Oh. Drive a hard bargain. So what, settle seven and a half? I, I would go Phoenix minus six. If you want, Mil- or sorry, uh, Phoenix plus six. If you want Milwaukee minus six. Give me the half. Give me six and a half. I'll do that. Okay. Six and a half. I'll take the Suns. Okay. You Works talk to Jacob tomorrow. You tell him what I did.